0: Hello, hell, good evening, folks, and welcome along to the Endless Celts podcast. Uh, this is the Friday night show. I'm Anthony and I'm delighted to be joined by two brilliant contributors to the show tonight. First of all, our show regular, uh, Mr. Dobbin is in the house live from Gracie's bar. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. Thanks
1: very much. Uh, aye, busy, busy week. Been running a bit like Davor Goldie all day in my head
0: in the face, <laughs> but uh, I all settle now. Uh, It's good mate, And that, listen, anyone that knows Davo will know (laughs) he runs a bit like a green ass flea the the full time that you see him, he's some man like Ange himself in other stops and uh, I'd like (laughs) you to welcome back uh, Mr Jed Thomas as well uh, to talk about all things uh, Celtic, how are you doing tonight mate? I'm fine Anthony, thank you, I I take it you're looking for an old guy
2: because we're going back a few years.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you, merely a fountain of knowledge, uh headswise. We always <laughs> love to, to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, as I said, folks, this is a a rewind show tonight. Just with the uh, the international break coming up, we thought we thought maybe best to a chance to do one of our, our Champions League rewinds. We've been doing this throughout the season when uh, when time is allowed. Um, just with the fact that we were back in the tournament this year, thought maybe go back uh, through the years. Looking back at some of the, the highs and lows of your previous uh, efforts in the Champions League. Uh, Jed, like you say, I'm, I'm goody to say you've, we've not had you on on one of our most glorious campaigns. Um, <laughs> although we will um, we'll, we'll try and pick out some of the high points uh, throughout it. And uh, for all the Scotland fans out there as well, we'll be touching on the news of Steve Clark's uh, new contract and looking ahead to Scotland's opening Euro 24 qualifier with Cyprus tomorrow at Hamden as well. So a packed show and uh, looking forward to get started. So we also want to thank our show sponsors, Sharna Clothing, even although 30 seconds before we went on air, um, our old sponsors were still up on the on the display screen, thanks to Stephen for being the all-seeing eye that he is in the background and uh, taking that off. And uh, Wally's in charge of the comments tonight as well, um, so get involved in the show, welcome along everybody, and just kind of, Type what you like, and uh, Wally will be bringing up all the comments on the on the screen. So, uh, Wally, we'll just get sort of straight into it. As I say, this is the the last of the the striking years in the Champions League, as it were, season two thousand and eight nine. We'll set the scene, uh, as it were. Um, our previous two seasons uh, under Gordon had, had given us great success. You know, back to back last sixteen. And uh, we'd, against all odds, won the, the domestic championship uh, the summer before. So we were going in to this European campaign. We know um, qualifiers that we had to face, which was a, a massive uh, boost throughout the summer. And, of course, we were you know, feeling very positive about things. First time we'd won three league championships in a row uh, since the years of Steen, which is a fantastic achievement. And we were the pot three side uh, in the group drawn alongside, admittedly, Manchester United, who were probably at the peak of their (laughs) form at the time, reigning European champions and, of course, went on to the final in this uh, tournament as well. But we were also drawn against uh, Smolde Foz and Valery who had knocked us out of the UEFA Cup a few years before, but we felt they were more than capable, especially at home, of getting a result. And uh, against relative unknowns, Minos, uh, Denmark, and FC Alborg. So, Despite how it ended up, hopes were high going into the tournament But um, at, at the start.
1: Absolutely, mate. I, like you said, the previous two seasons, we, we had some positive campaigns. So you're looking at that group thinking that you, you definitely um, definitely should be looking at the top two. Although Villarreal, are, they were a very good side back then. But you still thought <clears throat> that, especially at home, we should be looking to get maximum points, even against Man United, uh, strong as they were. But uh, yeah, I was just looking back and I know we'll touch on Strachan, but I, I, it was a decent squad he had, but compared to like the O'Neill's and and Rodgers and all the, all the rest, it, the squad he had was probably our weakest, and what he got out of that team was miraculous, uh, in my opinion, but uh, yeah, a, a bit of a sore one this season, which we'll touch on, but yeah, uh, when you went into it, you were, you were full of hope, especially with what we'd done the previous two seasons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would I would agree with that. And um, Jed, we, uh, we've obviously touched on in previous rewind shows about how, and it's still a, a feat to this day that we've never got off the mark with three points in the opening, the opening match of a Champions League group. And there's many reasons, obviously, for that. And a lot of the time, it's because we're facing, you know, very, you know, su- perhaps what you deem superior opposition, but. I think it's it's not an understatement to say that hopes were high going into this one, considering we were drawn against FC Alborg at home in the opening night. Um, we thought this was going to be, and even up until this point, we hadn't even taken a point uh, in our opening fixture um, in, in a group campaign. But we did think this was a great chance to get off the mark. And I suppose we did. Only problem being it was one point we took, not three, um, despite having a penalty, which was uh, Barry Robson missed. And uh, Scott Brown getting the ball on the net and, you know, no VAR in those days, even though it was shown to be onside. It was, uh, it kind of almost, you could argue, set the tone for the rest of the group um, campaign with dropping points to the pop-four side in the opening match. You're you're buying on, Anthony, and one made
2: a good point as well. The the squad that we had then, you have got to remember when Strachan first came in, he was told basically to cut the wedge, but, it's basically ready players So all the big earners starting to leave the club and then when you look at the squad it had then how many of the guys would actually get in Angie's team I think two if you're lucky but going back to that the first opening game against Oldberg yeah on paper we should have won missed the penalty goal got uh, chopped off uh, for being offside but I'm right in saying hopefully someday he clarify
0: this. Was that our first time not to win at home in the Champions League for a couple of seasons? Uh, no, well, getting... we we dropped points. Well, you could we lost to. well, didn't lose to, but we drew with Bayern Munich in the two thousand and three four season. I think that was the first time we hadn't mm-hmm. won. Um, I'm just trying to think. Rest of the time, um, certainly in the group phase, we had one. Yes. Yeah, so you would yeah. to you know, Bayern Munich, great side that that they were. This was definitely, you know, the biggest sort of sort of you could argue shocking result that we'd had. It um, was certainly at home uh, up until that point. Yeah, I think as well.
2: But I prefer going into these Champions League game being the total underdogs because I think they put pressure on ourselves when we all turned up there, thinking, "Oh, we should be putting this mob to bed." It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that, and. It wasn't a great campaign, very unlucky when we are going and talk about the other matches in the group. You know, if VAR was in place then, you know, there'd been quite a few goals, especially the Man United game, they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have stood. But, you know, unfortunately, it, well, maybe I'm saying unfortunately, we're all fed up with VAR. So, you know, it was, we, we could only beat what was in front of us and unfortunately we didn't. It wasn't a great campaign. You're always looking to win your first home game, as we've done there as well. Fair enough, I know it was against Real Madrid, but... Uh, so you're always a wee bit of a downer. You're always thinking, let's try and get something
0: at home. So, yeah, we were up against the wall after that, I feel. Yeah, we, we, we definitely were. And uh, and well, and that, that was one of the things that, you know, for the sort of aftermath of that game there was obviously a lot of pressure on Gordon, you know, just with the fact that, you know, we had dropped points to a, you know, a relatively unknown side uh, in, in the group at that point and obviously going away to Villa, Villarreal afterwards um, was going to be a very tough uh, going to be a very tough match and yet, just so as often as as we did back then we did rally we, we did take the game to Villarreal um, that night over in Spain, we had um, numerous chances um, to, to get the ball in the net. We just, we just couldn't get to score. Um, but we're more than in the match, more than competitive. Um, and unfortunately, it was a rather innocuous challenge for, for Paul Hartley that the ref decided was worthy of a free kick, which, which Villarreal scored from. Um, it always, I, I don't know if you would say the same, but it felt around that time, especially at the back, we, we seemed to be quite prone to losing quite cheap goals. We always seem to any any mistake that we made did always seem to get punished. Um, You could argue it's maybe been a a sort of similar fate with with, with numerous uh, Celtic sides and and all guises. But it was a good performance in Spain, but unfortunately, yet again, came away with with no points.
1: Yeah, Valera, they were a very good side back then. Uh, But I I totally take your point. I mean, I I I really like. McManus and Caldwell as a partnership, but they both had mistakes in them. We talk about Starfelt nowadays where he's got that he's got that one uh, calamity mistake in them that could lead to a goal that they they were two centre halves that definitely had that in them. Um so yeah, yeah, I've seen that. But I mean this team was a... Uh, I I think it was all based on hard work, wasn't it? There's like mm. there was technical brilliance in there as well, but the majority of the players uh are Robson's the first one that springs to mind, even McDonald. The backlines, um, Naylor, uh, Hinkle, the rest of them—it was all hard, hard work, non-stop, um, and that's what's based on. We love to see that um, as a fan base. But yeah, after after not winning that first game, it was a bit—I think the heads maybe went down a bit. We needed to we need to win that game. You need to win against the bottom seed at home. You've got to get all three points in that. It's an uphill battle for the. Era. Um, if you don't, especially with our away record in in Europe, uh, so th- this was an important game, and I yeah, I, I can remember coming away feeling a bit hard done to because um, we worked hard and it just didn't go our way that night, unfortunately.
0: Well, that that's the, the, the thing. Well, just with, with regards to the to the Albert game as as well. Um, when I was doing just kind of go through the, the notes for tonight's show, I didn't realise that that was the first home uh, tie at Celtic Park, that didn't um, completely sell out, the, the official crowd at the time, they only gave oh, it really? something like oh, kind of 55,000, yeah, they said there was a little bit of the top tier, not, not quite full, do you think there was maybe an element of the support as well that took the three points for granted that night?
1: Yeah, Absolutely, I, I, I think looking at it, like you said, relatively minnows, um, especially the season before, the, the teams we beat to get through, uh, Benfica and Shakhtar, uh, I think we we finished above the season before, so you're looking at that thinking um, that's a certainty. So yeah, I definitely think we maybe take it for granted. We um, it's happened before; it'll happen again. Uh, the minnows, we, we should be putting them away and getting three points, um, and then doing what we can against the the, the bigger seeds.
0: Well, that, that that's definitely it. Um, Jed and some of the other sort of you know little facts and figures, but that game and Villa D'El, you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing as the result was. Um, Gordon Striking faced even more criticism for what we would probably argue when you look back at the quotes. Um, it's just pretty a pretty honest assessment, you know. Zero points after two games um, with back to back games coming up against Manchester United, who were at that point European champions. He basically says, you know, qualification for the last teams going to be really tough, and uh, he was absolutely slated for it. Which you know, maybe it was just the mood around the club at the time. Um, I'm not sure but yeah just going by some of the, the reaction to that it just seemed you know he always seemed to have a, a bit of a negative sort of relationship with the press anyway but it seemed that he, he seemed to cop a lot of flak for those remarks um, but on a lighter note I did also see that um, Celtic and Villarreal fans obviously with that good relationship that they'd um, built in 2004 had uh, the supporters groups for both sides of the club together and raised uh, £15,000 uh, for a local uh, char- children's charity. So, um, although we were the losers on the park on the night, uh, charity won uh, on, in the end. So, it's, can, can you never knock that. No, I think he's well. Villarreal. Uh, all
2: Celtic fans of a, a certain age will have a close affinity to them and you know the Yellow Submarine. And if you if you look over now, they've actually got there's a big supporters club in Villarreal now as well. And that's all came about from playing them a few years prior to that. And was it... Was it was it Requiem? Was it the Argentinian boy, at number 10? Oh, right,
1: right. Raquel Me?
2: Raquel, Raquel Me, that player What a player, He was. Aye. Oh, he but was look, wait, that game that night, as well, when the free kick was given away, I loved Boric, but I think he was at fault. I think his centre took the free kick, scored it, and... Probably nine out of ten times, Boric should have saved. That it wasn't the top corner. He did maybe see a wee bit late, you know. So we had our chances in that game, but with all these things, if we don't put our chances away, we ain't going to get a point. We're not going to win the game. Maybe three points, and that came back and was in the bum made three great chances in that game. So we did, and but and as it still to this day, when you're playing in the Champions League at elite level, you have to put the chances away. It proved it this season. Yep. In the Champions League, you have got to put the chance, or you've got to convert more more of the chances than what than what you're you're scoring. You've got to, you know, you've got to try and have a forty percent strike rate. We're not even doing that, I and mean, we weren't doing it then. And that that that's been our downfall for years. But creating chances, just not putting them away. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. Sorry, Tony. See
1: just touch on Strachan's comments after it. I loved that about Strachan that he was honest in the press. He was and always he did, on, and he never done it in a way that was having a dig. Like, like I can like you said there about how it came, like it made the news, and obviously kind of a bit of backlash. And like he that wasn't a dig at the club or the board. Or anything. It was just he was just honestly, and I think he always did it in a way that was uh, very genuine. And I don't think he, there was ever any digging anybody out or the rest of it I think he was just he said it like it was and I, I always like that about striking.
2: I think with yeah. Strachan well Anne's reminds me a little bit of Strachan as well he doesn't like dealing with the press
1: yeah you
2: know he always feels they're going to try and put one put one over him and he's he's a wee wild ca- character even when he's on co-presenting and via sport and via whatever it's called he is he's brilliant you yeah, know he's, brilliant. He's, he's good at the put-downs I mean if you think back, was it the BBC? I think Gordon can have a quick word. I mean, yeah, philosophy. I mean, just <laughs> absolutely oh, brilliant. brilliant. Remember at Southampton brilliant.
1: as well when he was uh, yeah, they were doing well in the league and he's like, You're thinking about Europe? He says, Aye, I mean the wife are gonna Tenerife, I think, in, in July. Aye,
2: aye. so I don't think the press liked him well as well. So he was always guarded, hence why there was getting a lot of strick as well. As, again, it goes on and now. Yeah, so, but Gordon Strachan, he was a a rat of a wee player. I mean, I remember at a very young age playing for Aberdeen, and then he had a great career at Man United and then Leeds. But I tell you what a job he done for us. And uh, the, you know he didn't have a great budget, especially if you think back to his very first European campaign. It was a Bratislava, very first game in Europe, absolutely mauled away from home, right. and we came back from that. So the guy, the guy's got character, and I do. I actually like him when I see him on the TV now, because I do think he's quite an honest guy.
1: I thought it was great when, um, in the cup game, when Ange came over afterwards, and the two, and it was like a coach's view. Strachan mm-hmm. kind of said, "Oh, I love the way you do this and the movement and interchanging, interchange." And, and they two were kind of discussing it, and it was like re- mutual respect for them both.
0: It, it was great to see. Yeah, That's, uh, not, well, not just their, their coaching, but the fact that they've obviously. You, you yeah. know, they both and have been well, like, and the, the current occupier of it, but, you know, Gordon's sat in that hot seat, you know, for four years, very successful at it, um, you know, they've the, the, the kind of shared experience there, they've been the, you know, the man in the dugout at Celtic, it's uh, not an easy job uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, speaking of which, our campaign didn't get any easier after this, Jed, because <laughs> after a, a narrow defeat in Spain, we then had the Small mattery gone to Old Trafford. The theatre of the dreams or nightmares as it was for us uh, on this night. Injury ravaged um, against the, the European champions. And although you know, we narrowly lost 3-2 um, a couple of seasons beforehand, um, obviously the night where Nacker scored the first of his two free kicks ag- against United, it was a bit more of a no contest this time. Um, although, as you had previously mentioned, Two of United's goals were uh, very dubious, to say the least, about whether or not they were on. But, um, yeah, all all in all, um, it was as one-sided a a fixture in terms of, you know, playing against. Opposition-wise for for Celtic, as we'd come to experience uh, that up to then in the Champions League. Well, if you you think back to Man
2: United, where the top team in Europe at the time, you know, they had Ronaldo was playing for them, Berbatov and Rooney. <laughs> uh, they were garden, what I mean, what a what a team they had. They were, they were unbelievable. And you you remember snippets of the game, and then so when I knew we were going to talk about it, I, I looked it up and I thought, well, that's right, remember that. Bevertoff's two goals were offside. Mm-hmm. So they were. And then the third one, Rooney, hit it for outside, put it in the bottom corner, just went along the ground. But again. Man United at the time were, were destroying teams, so their team was a game when you think back who was playing then. My God, they wouldn't they wouldn't get a they, like I say in Harley would get a game in their team the So they were yeah. punching well above their weight. Well above their weight. But we, at the return game
0: we redeemed ourselves a little. So we yeah. did. I would I would say so. Um well, I think if I remember correctly, if memory serves me right. I'm pretty sure we watched the 3 0 game uh in the Grange together. I might be wrong, I'm sure, but there was definitely a game around that point. Um mm-hmm. obviously my big sister. Said, um <laughs> I dwell, I dwell, I dwell, I dwell, say no more, Jed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my my big sister obviously ran the Grange back then, William, as you'll remember. I think this might have been a game uh, that we watched, but um yeah, it was one of those nights where you you hope for the best, but when two, like you said, two offside goals are given. You know, it's it's just not going to be your night.
1: Oh, absolutely, especially against that team. Like Jed said, the names Berbatov and and then they're taking players off, and it's the likes of Tevez and <laughs> and uh, like Park g Sung. Like, what a player he was coming on. Like these guys coming on as well. That team, is arguably, I'd say, my generation, it's arguably one of the it's one of the best teams. Um. Starting 11s anyway for certain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen they were absolutely electric. I mean, you've got a front four like Ronaldo, Rooney, Tevez, and Berbatov. Like that's that's no right. That shouldn't be allowed. Actually. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, aye, to come away and again feeling hard, don't they? Because, like you said, two offside goals. Um, I mean, it's not too. It's well, it's obviously disappointing and disheartening, but you're not coming away turn your hair out like what the Albert game would have been, for example. Um you're looking to try and get something out of that. And if you don't, so be it. But you should be doing better elsewhere. And uh, like Jed said, we were punching well above our weight with that team at the time. Uh that team against that Man United side, if you match them up on paper, that's an absolute massacre. So I as always I thought uh, we did well but like Jed says I mean the Rooney chance as well it's it's just it's not even a chance. And mm-hmm. scores and we're not we, no doing that we're not doing that now we're only doing it then mm-hmm. um, it's quite demoralising when you're creating chances like we've seen loads this season creating loads and loads of chances feeling like you should be putting teams away and then um, the opposition gets one or two and, and and they take their chances and that's what you need to do at this level but um, no shame in getting beat off that side they were as good as it gets yeah they,
0: they certainly were and as Jade's, um just mentioned there the Match night four, um, we gave a absolutely a great account of ourselves. It looked as though for a lot of a long period in the game that we were going to, you know, repeat the heroics of two thousand and six. Um, everyone remembers a, a, one of the one of my favourite um, goals uh, ever for Celtic was Scott McDonald, a beautiful little uh, chip over uh, Ben Foster on the United goals early on, gave us a, a one 0 lead, and a lead that we managed to hold on to uh, up until the 87th minute when Ryan Giggs just uh, managed to go on the back of a header and equalised um, to give it to, for the teams to finish 1-1. Um, it was one of those nights where you just felt, you know, on, on, on other campaigns, other years, we would have maybe, you know, sneaked to three points, but it just felt like the momentum just wasn't with us. We weren't getting any of the breaks. Um like I say, it was a very good performance, you know, despite the fact obviously that, you know, like you've said, we were up against a very strong United side and as much as I'm a, you know, a fan of Cristiano, he didn't indeed sell too much to the the Celtic support that night. I know Stephen often criticises the applauding of uh, fantastic players in the opposition, but safe to say he didn't get any when he was leaving the pitch that night with, you know, calling for Celtic players to be booked, you know, going over far too easily. Um, he certainly didn't get an applause or standing ovation when he when he left the
1: pitch. That's for exactly you, Willie. For sorry. I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> mate. I, uh, no, <laughs> absolutely. He's always got that in him, isn't he, uh, Ronaldo? He's, but I mean, every team's got that. I suppose Bruni was like that when he was younger too and opposition teams uh, hated him. But, I uh, at the time, obviously Celtic Park was a fortress and we felt that like we could take anybody on it. didn't matter if you beat us 3 or 4 nil the week before. We... Still felt that we could do something in our own backyard, and and it showed showed that night. Um, McDonald's another one, very underrated for us. He's he was absolutely fantastic in these seasons. Carried us at times, um, uh, and I and as as usual uh, hitting the back of the net for him. But um, I I think it showed the resilience as well. It's easy to just give up when you, you you think you're out, but um, for them to come with the stadium rocking and show up against the the holders at the time, um. Aye, no shame in getting a draw there. It was a fantastic guy. It's, it's a, again, kicking the teeth, it seems like we're saying the same thing about most of the games, but um, <laughs> you feel like you're going to get the three points and then that, that dagger to the heart with one of the greatest players that's ever ever graced the game um, in Giggsie. Uh Just got to hold your hands up sometimes.
0: Right, uh, you, you, you do. And uh, did like you say, we were, we were five minutes away from doing a, doing a double over reigning European champions, obviously, the year before. We'd uh, we'd managed to defeat uh, AC Milan two one at Celtic Park, where, when they had the the cup in their trophy room, and uh, just moments away from doing the same against Man United. Um, even you know Alex Ferguson said, you know Celtic were absolutely terrific that night. We probably actually played better that night than what we did the night we we won with Naka's wonder goal um, and Boric's penalty mm-hmm. save. But like you say, sometimes it's just not your night. No.
2: I'm-
0: if you think a couple of things spring
2: out to that game, if, even when you, you UEFA show Champions League Celtic, they always show that goal from mm-hmm. McDonald. I mean, like you say, it was fantastic. Logged it over if, if Ben Foster. And I, I'm sure Ben Foster, when he talks about atmospheres, about grounds, I'm sure it was that game where he says it is un, it, nothing is ever compared to that. He says it was it was absolutely frightening him. He, he was finding it very very difficult to concentrate, and that's what Celtic Park can do. And then, like you said, Ryan Giggs with a header, Ronaldo had the shot, keeper saved, it and he came out and he headed it in. Like us say with five minutes to go, it could have been another great story. And Alex Ferguson, like you said, was very complimentary or oh, Celtic after that night but and say I think I always felt Ferguson has been complimenting Celtic mm. through the years um, but it was so near yet so far again glorious failure whatever you want to call it you know we're, we're going to have it we're, we're going to see it again that's the problem we just but let's not kid ourselves as the guys have been putting up the comment we always seem to be playing we get people in the group being champions and what can you do? What can you do?
1: A bit like Scotland, they always draw Brazil. Yeah. yeah.
2: But, <laughs> but can, can I say can, you mentioned Ronaldo and about him diving? I know Stephen has a a being the bonnet about players getting clapped off. But I've never, I've never been able to take to Ronaldo because from a very very young age he was diving all the time, and I didn't get that impression with. Messi, they're always comparing Messi and Ronaldo, and yes, when Messi was it played for Barcelona, or when Xavi or that got substituted, he they all got around the applause. Now personally, I don't see a problem with that because you're witnessing absolute greatness in these players. Ronaldo, no, win because personally I can't take him. I I always felt he was a cheat, so that put me off Ronaldo. So if people say to me who's the greatest ever player? I'll always say Messi because, because I
0: just felt Ronaldo was a, was diving all the time. Well, that that's the thing is it's, it's a debate we we, we often have. I mean, Stephen just says it has a view. Shouldn't be we shouldn't do it at all. And as I say, it's it's not something that we just do wally nilly. And I think it's it's a, a sign of a, of a big club when their supporters recognise the greatness of, of an opposition team. Like you say, it's not going to be. There's never going to be a time when Neymar, despite all his ability, will ever get applauded at Celtic Park. But you know, you you look back to the likes of last year when Luka Modric came off, for example, Mm -hmm. who's an absolutely terrific player. That that's when you got to say that's that's just the 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 way you do it. Um, I think, um, yeah, I've got no issue with with greatness recognizing greatness. uh, To 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 be honest. just just hoping we've got a few better results to have it. And uh, anyway, there he goes again. He just, you would, would have thought that he's, you know, he's, the rain would have calmed him down a wee bit, but no, he's still he's still got that uh, bitterness in him. Let it go, Stephen. Let it Tony, go. A wee,
2: funny, a wee funny story. I don't know if any of the guys that's watching will remember this. Uh, uh, Kalina, the Italian referee, the ball
0: right.
2: mm-hmm. I'm sure when we played, um, it was a European game, and they announced to the referee was, and they got a round of applause. <laughs> <before> <laughs> I love that. And you just say, I mean, that was, you know, <laughs> so we're taking it for one, we're cutting players off, but we actually gave the referee a round of applause before even the game started. That was how much high esteem this guy was held.
0: I right. I'm sure it was, it was it was it was one of the early ones. It was one of the O'Neill years. Think it might have been. Think it might have been Bayern Munich, actually. No, I'm not,
2: it's coming. I think it was Valencia when we get beaten penalties. Well, oh, you could be right. You'd be right, Jeff. That's that, that's what I think it was. So it was, but I just always just what we're saying about clapping people off about first time I've heard a referee getting applauded. It's <laughs> bad.
0: Absolutely, but strange times indeed. Strange times. Uh, but Wally, so after, um, as I say, drawn with United at home and Alborg and Villarreal mm. actually drew two each in that game. So it was actually a campaign where there was a lot of draws. Um, right. Even though United won the group with ten points, they only won two games. It, uh, they were on def- It was four draws, and it was it was a, it was a lots of, I think it's one of the. I, I, I've not, couldn't tell you this for, for certain, but it's definitely one of the highest amount of draws in a group stage in Champions League history. Um, according to Celtic wiki uh, anyway and um, <laughs> but yeah so a- after that we thought well we've got point on the board let's go and uh, do Alborg in match night 5 and uh, try and see if we can get ourselves a UEFA Cup place now things <laughs> were going relatively swimmingly um, up until the last 20 minutes, um, Barry Robson a great header had put us 1-0 up our first goal away from home in 6 games in the Champions League and we were thinking, right, let's just cut out the nonsense. We drove with them at home. It was a bad night at the office. Business, normal services being restored here. And then it just went hopelessly wrong. We had, uh, <laughs> I think it was Kaker, it was, uh, I think I've got here, uh, equalised. And then Gary Caldwell and Glenn Leuven, who up until then, believe it or not, had been actually having um, quite a decent game had a absolutely horrific moment, which ended up with Gary Caldwell putting the ball in his own net. Mm-hmm. So far, far from being a UEFA Cup favourites, we were completely out of Europe after five games uh, only in the Champions League. Um, so this is, and as I say, at the time, um, we've obviously had bigger defeats since then. Um, we've obviously had times we've, we've went out um fourth place before this as well, but could you argue that this is our worst ever result in the champions league
1: um certainly in the group stages, I would agree with that i I reckon we've had much worse in the qualifiers but in mm-hmm. uh, no. regards to the group stages um i I wouldn't disagree with that um no, I definitely wouldn't agree with that. I disagree with that. Like you say, go got off to a great start. Barry Robson scored a great goal. I loved Barry Robson when he was at the club, by the way. Mm-hmm. Another one that wasn't... Like he, he definitely had ability, but he, he wasn't the most blessed with ability. But he what he lacked in ability, he gave him work rate, and, and he was absolutely superb uh, for us at the time. Um, I got off to a good start. Again, you're thinking, here we go. And then <laughs> all of a sudden... I said that you've done uh, many things before, sort of collapse and or kind of the victims of your own downfall. Sometimes and and that was that. Uh, again, aye, another disappointing result. As much as we've had some amazing results in the Champions League, we've had some very very disappointing ones as well. Um, and I mean, this away, who do that we've had for however long um, happened again against Minnows, like we said. Um, aye, not a great. A very disappointing Chambers League campaign, and I think that game summed summed the whole campaign up. To be honest with
0: you, yeah, I, I think so. And I think probably the reason why I, why I suggest that Jed is obviously, like um, Wally says, we had the the defeat in the qualifiers to Basel, um, obviously in the year that we we ended up on the Seville run. But they went on to prove what a good side they were. You know, they I think they made the last sixteen that year, and you know they beat the likes of Liverpool and and whatnot in the group stages. Obviously, when we first started getting drawn against Shakhtar Donetsk, they were a uh, you know a relatively unknown side as well. But obviously, they were um, very well financed, and you know went on to you know have some some decent success um, themselves. But obviously, in Europe, have the likes of you know Anderlecht and Rosenborg, um, you know big big teams in their own rights. But you know we've managed to have some good nights against them as well as um, some defeats as well. But for me, the Albor game, you know, I don't even know if they've ever been in the Champions League since. They didn't impress uh, to any great, you know, Celtic were, the, in terms of the performance, were the better team at home and in this game. it just, you know, horrific moments um, cost us dearly. Um, to, just to lose in that manner and to be out completely, Europe, not even having anything to play for in match night six, which is something that would, would uh, never happen to us before. It was uh, just a bitter pill to swallow.
2: I mean I th- I think it was a
0: good question you
2: asked is it, was it our worst result? And I agree with well, a hundred percent in the Champions League, probably yes. But not in, when you look at some of the European I and mean, one it it's springs out final to final me the to tell Zamax from mm-hmm. a long time ago, that to me, in my opinion, was their worst ever uh, European was result. was the
1: team that what was Roger's first game? It was like the equivalent of Fulton United. Oh no,
2: it was Gibraltar. It was Red Amps. Was it Red Amps?
1: Redhams
2: that, that, that was a shocker as well to be fair yeah. So I was on holiday then so I was, I was fine <laughs> I was out of the country so I was fine but I, yeah I just especially the Scandinavian teams you always look to think oh we can maybe pick something up over there and we haven't done we haven't done great you know let's like say Rosenberg and then same with the Europa League there as well but historically we don't do well over then, and, and on paper, we should. You know, we've got a bigger budget in them, but we just seem it's a mental block when we go over. So, yeah, definitely think that that was our worst result in the Champions League, even though it wasn't our worst points total mm-hmm. in the Champions League. I do think because you know we we, we were expected we we'll are looking and say okay, definitely six points there, home and away against them. If we could beat Villarreal, there's nine points. We've got a chance. We didn't. You know that that was the problem. We didn't do it. And so yeah, that definitely
0: was our worst result in Champions League.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, well, coming coming straight back to you, Jed. Um, as I say, after match night five, uh, as I say, the final match, the home tie against Villarreal, which had been billed at the start of the campaign as the the sort of that was going to be judgment night. Who was going to be joining Man United in the last sixteen? Um, ended up being a bit of a proverbial damp squib, um, almost literally, because the rain was horrific that night. Um, but, you know, it ended up being a you know relatively, you know, good natured, certainly in the stands anyway, good natured game uh, between both sets of fans. And as terms of the results go, um, a pretty comfortable night for Celtic on the, the pitch, um, Sean Maloney, um, got things under way. A, a headed goal, believe it or not. Despite the fact he was probably the smallest uh, lad on the pitch, he, he got pitched in with a header. Um, after 15 minutes and right on the stroke of half time, a lovely low drill for Aidan McGeady into the far corner. Uh, gave us a two 0 lead, and uh, and that was was pretty much that. Villarreal, you know, putting a few tasty challenges in the second half, but um, apart from that, uh, there wasn't much threatening in front of goal. Um. So in terms of, of course, financially, few quid in the in the pot for for getting a win in the group, and uh, if nothing else, ended a, a poor campaign on a high note. Yeah, I say two, two nothing. There's,
2: I can't. I'm trying to think that game was was there any? Did Valeryal have many chances? I can't remember if they had many chances in that game
0: certainly yeah, not, no, but, 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 but when you look at the highlights package on YouTube, they yeah, don't really they don't really show no, you I much. Don't, I
2: don't think <laughs> they 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 did. Um, and yeah, just let's get the let's get the money in the bank and we'll, we'll move on. But at least we won the game. That's all we won the game. And again, there was a big support there that night. There was a big support, even though they it was again the same there. Champions League our last campaign, the, the final game was a dead
0: rubber. That was the exact same. Yeah, so, let's, let's, uh, as uh, Tommy would say, we're there and we're we're always there, William. Um, as I say, a, a, a poor campaign on a high note. Um, I'll put it to the two. I'll come to yourself first, Wally. Um, we we're talking earlier about there's you know, parts of that this campaign that we're talking about. Um, kind of mirrors, you know, this season in terms of. Not getting the breaks, not taking yeah. their chances in front of goal. Could we maybe say that perhaps to put a positive spin on it, that this team uh, that we're discussing just now, Gordon's team, were almost they were coming to the end of their cycle. You know, four years. Stephen I, I sort of suggested in the comments that perhaps Gordon stayed a year too late, and um, you know that the, the team was kind of coming to its sort of its natural end. Perhaps a positive we can take from some of the disappointments for this year's campaign is that it's put some solid foundations in place and you know if Kyogo or Giacomo has put the ball in the net a few more times this year you know perhaps the group would have looked a hell of a lot different but the in terms of we've got we've put some in some decent performances this year it's something that we can hope to build on uh, next season.
1: Yeah definitely I mean um it's a fair point about uh, that side and striking and side, I, and I don't think that's going to be a problem under Ange. I think he's shown it already in his short time that he's been with us. That um, he's constantly re- buying, recycling, and, and rejuvenating the team, and um, looking to improve. And I, I don't think that's ever going to be um, an issue under under Ange. I always said that the bang on about all the time. Alex Ferguson was the best at it, and I, I always think that that ten in a row season. Uh, was was exactly that. We were uh we were our own success brought the failure that season, if you like, we were the likes of Edward and Christie's and all the rest of them were turning up and getting a game every week and there was nobody challenging. Um that team should have been we shouldn't have been resting on our laurels and thinking, well we're winning everything domestically or winning treble after treble. We'll just keep going. It should have been new guys in, recycling, selling on. And bringing in competition, and I think that's why we failed that season. And it's a, it's a fair point about um, Strachan's last season there. Although I mean, the side we do say that um, it's a weak side. I mean, Maloney and McGarry, thats no bad on the wings, is it? Uh, mm. And it's the Glasgow Celtic way: a bit of flair, um, pace, and all that in the wings. So, um, yeah, but it was a it was a good way to end the campaign. I mean, um, it was pretty horrific a lot of misery throughout the campaign so it was nice to to finish it on a high with a win. Um just unfortunately it wasn't meant to be that season. But yeah, no it's a, it's a good point and I really think that um Angie and is forward thinking just to bring it back to this season and I'm, I'm I, and I might be sitting here in a year's time and just and it's been another um disappointing Champions League campaign but I just I just think that with this side that he's he's building, you've seen the difference already, and and this year compared to even the start, even three four months ago, the team's just constantly improving. Players are constantly improving, um, and I think if we keep a, a, a nucleus of this first eleven, um, and he's always looking to add more, uh, I, I, as long as we're more clinical, I, I can't see why we can't do some damage in the Champions League next season.
0: Oh, but I would I would second that, and. Certainly agree with you there and here's hoping uh, that comes to fruition. Um, but what about yourself, Jed? Do, do you see any sort of similarities between both campaigns and uh, you know, all going well, fingers crossed, um, we'll have another crack at it next year. Um, what would your, your aims be uh, for for the boys?
2: Well, the good thing is, we're going to win the
0: league this year. remember said right,
2: we didn't win, we went after the Champions League in mm-hmm. 2008. We lost the league. I think we lost it for the next two, three years. After that, but so this year we're, we're going to do it. I mentioned earlier about Strachan's squad, and in my opinion, the only players that would get into the current squad are Boric, Scott Brown, and Nakamura. I don't think Maloney. I don't think McGee. Hartley, Barry Robson, who a lot Barry Robson never struck a tackle. You know, he went he went through players but I don't think they would get in Angie's team. And, but when you look, if you're, saying moving on for, for the current squad and the Champions League, when we played Real Madrid, when we could beat the 5-1 over in Madrid, we, I, I was looking this up again, I couldn't believe it. But 14 shots, eight in target yeah. against against them. And, and, and see, I know the, the one thing I remember about that game was when we are getting beat 5-0. We just kept attacking. And I'm saying, would you just stop it? We're going to get absolutely <laughs> doom here. And I was screaming at the telly for us to calm, calm down. But that's Angie's way. So, yeah, I, I do think we're going to learn from it. We're going to definitely going to win the league. We're going to strengthen again in summer. We're going to lose players, but we're also going to bring players in. Angie proves he's got an eye for a player. So... I'm real looking forward to the campaign next year. That's why I don't think Angie's gonna go. Because I think he's got unfinished business with yep. be the Champions League. I think this time next year, yes, he could be looking, he leaving, but I just think he's got unfinished business and bring it on. You know, um you know, uh, we never stop.
1: It's mad to think that see seeing that that Strackens team, if we lost in a window, two players of the caliber yeah, Juranovic and Yakamakis you would have been screaming and tearing your hair out. Where this squad and the team he's building—it's not even—you forget about them three weeks later. It's um, absolutely well, mad.
2: Let's be honest—if you think back, Johnson's came in, right? Is he, no, he better didn't. going up attacking than Juranovic? No, he's a better defender. Yes, I think he is. Yeah, I he's think we needed that. Sense. He's more positional sense, and he's got that hard yep. man about. He's not going to sh- shirk anything if he sees a one of his fellow players in trouble, he's gonna go and stick up for them. You know, that's the ice hockey background in him. I mm-hmm. think he is a fantastic sign for us. Yeah. So uh, so totally agree. and that's him that's him only been here three months. What's it gonna be like <laughs> next season? Yep. When he starts and he's, the
1: another one. he's another one. When you see all the media and, and all the rest of it as well, he's another one that's totally bought in the Celtic, you can tell he's loving it. Um yeah, I think he's been an absolutely fantastic addition. If you think that um, the Croatian national right back who just finished third in that recent World Cup um, is a win, he's a miss, and he's not. It's it's not. If anything, you, you would argue it's an improvement. I agree. I think mm-hmm. that Juranovic was much better technically going forward. And I, I, like I think Juranovic could have played centre mid or anywhere in the park. I thought he was that good technically, but he was especially in Europe. I I think I know John. It was always going after him but I, I definitely think on the counter especially um, he looked really vulnerable coming back the way and I think he did make a few mistakes uh, I definitely don't see that in Johnson Johnson really reminds me, like I'm not saying he's anywhere near as good as Kieran Tierney really reminds me of Kieran Tierney doesn't he shuck a tackle like you say he gives everything 100% he's got an engine that he could run up and down there all day and he will get forward and does get balls in the box he's got his goal another week there Um I just think he's been a fantastic addition. Yeah,
2: definitely. definitely. He's so basically said, and
0: we're looking good for next season in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm loving the optimism, boys. Absolutely loving it. As I said, um our, the final group standings for the for the group that season, um, as I say unfortunately, so Man United topped the group, which wasn't a surprise. Ten points is no not, not a bad return, but it's just um as we were saying earlier, I was pretty shocked looking back that it was only uh Two two wins and four draws, um, gave them the ten points. Villarreal went through to the last sixteen with nine points. Alborg, um, went home with six, and Celtic, rock bottom, uh, with five. So as I say, in terms of the, the points total, not um, not a campaign we look back on with too much fondness, um, and it almost kind of set the tone for the the rest of the season, uh, Wally, because. You know, even though at that point we went into the winter break, seven points clear after a fantastic one, um at Ibrox, great goal by Scott McDonald. Um the, the, the sort of the wheels just came off on, on that campaign. Yeah. We blew um the seven point lead. We then yeah. got back to a little lead with, with two games to go. Um all we had to do to clinch four in a row was beat hearts and beat hubs um in the last two games and we, we dropped points to both and uh, and the rest was history. Um, Rangers. We went on to win the next few um, league titles, um, and th- we didn't actually uh, win another one uh, until 2012, when uh, when a certain Mister Lennon was back in the was in the dugout at, at his first term. But that campaign, that the sort of the the poor European campaign, the loss of the league also spelt the end for Gordon Striking four years um, in charge at the club, and although it ended on not the best note shall we say. It. I think when you when you look at his achievements um, over the four years, as I say, three league titles, two League Cups and a Scottish Cup in terms of a domestic trophy haul, but that's only half the story. Um, three Champions League campaigns, still the only Celtic manager in the Champions League era uh, to achieve that, um, to do three um, in a row. Back-to-back, back, last 16 participation, obviously, as we've, as we've covered in other rewind shows, um, first Celtic manager um, since Jock Steen to won three domestic titles, uh, again that's a pretty decent company to be in. And of course, as well, he was not only um two last 16 participations with him, um we also won the domestic title in the same season as well. Obviously, Rangers will claim that rightly claim that they were the first team to ever reach reach the last 16. But they then finished third in a two-horse race at home, so uh, not worth (laughs) shouting about, if you you ask me. Also the easiest group in Champions League history. Um, (laughs) Having said that, um, for Gordon to have achieved all that, um, he followed Martin O'Neill. He he stepped into the shoes, which, you know, a a mammoth task in itself. Um, But he achieved all that, um, despite the fact, as we've said there, with a, a... Inferior team um, in terms of you know the you know the, the the names of the players and of course the the resources available him in, in terms of uh, you know transferred budgets and whatnot. Um, perhaps the the football wasn't as free flowing and scintillating as we've um, became used to, but there's no doubts um, his achievements stand up as much as any other Celtic manager, and he's he's uh, in the club's history is more than secure.
1: Absolutely, I don't. I don't understand why there's a large number of the Celtic support that don't rank him highly um for what he achieved, like we said. Certainly I'll try to think. Certainly my generation, it's one of the weaker squads we've had. Following Martin O'Neill, uh, like like all the guys and girls have been saying in the in the comments as well, had to half the wage bill, totally restart again after all the success Martin O'Neill had. And, I mean, his legendary status, it's not easy to come in. Um, I think, what's his famous quote where he says, like, I don't know this, I've never lived this. I'm an outsider when it comes to Celtic. Most people come in, they've had it in their blood or they've been here before. Um, but, by God, he's definitely wrote his cell earth. Folklore, I think he's done just as good a job as, as a lot of these guys. Um, a proper motivator. Like I said, the team that he had was it's just it's just hard work. Um there was some technical ability in there. And I mean he had he had some nakamura, which is um a bit of magic and all the technical ability you need. Um but yeah, I I I, I couldn't load any more praise on, on Strachan. I, I I loved him when he was here, I loved his honesty, I loved him when he went on to Scotland. Um I I don't think he could have done a much better job. Than he did with that, with with the team he had and in and the, in the situation that he was in and as much as Martin O'Neill's a hero and there's predecessors and people after him Lennon's and uh, Rogers and and even Ange now and none of them have made a, a Champions League last sixteen and they've had far far stronger squads um, and we talk we, we're obviously always pretty successful domestically. And us as fans crave for us to go deep in these Champions League and, and mix it with the best, and Gunnerstrac and did it. Um, and I don't think that should be uh, sniffed at. I think he done a miraculous job when he was at the club, to be honest with you. And uh, it kind of irks me a wee bit that he doesn't get mentioned at least in the same breath as as um, some of the other managers that have went before and after. I
0: I, I would totally agree. Uh, we all with that, Wally and. Jed, you mentioned earlier about, about his, his playing career and obviously the, the tremendous success he had against Celtic, you know, when he was wearing the red of Aberdeen. Do you think perhaps that combination, perhaps with his, you know, very dry sense of humour, combined with the fact that he simply wasn't Martin O'Neill, who, you know, if you if you had to if you had to design the textbook archetypal, you know, what we would want from a Celtic manager, it'd be a handsome, smooth-talking Irishman, I suppose. Um, Gordon's, you know, definitely not that, to, to, to say the least. But I think I think the, the majority of the support I've definitely, definitely took to him in the end. And definitely the, the fact that he's got a lot of... He's got nothing but good to say about the club now when he's in the media and, you know, the situations like that. Um, he's definitely one of us now. And uh, he's one of the first to... Jump to our defense when we come under attack from the, the other corners of the media. It's funny that yeah, it's, it seems to be not Celtic minded.
2: Mm-hmm. Ex players, ex managers stick up for us more <laughs> in the true. press. You know, when you've got Charlie Nicholas, etc., you know, an mm-hmm. absolute walloper of a guy. Andy Walker. You know, aye. But I remember being, I was my first family holiday to Florida in 2005. And Obviously, even over there, you heard that Martin O'Neill was leaving because his My wife. wife
1: yeah.
2: But they're already, it was announced straight away, Gordon Strachan would be coming in. And I was actually really pleased that Strachan coming in. If, mm-hmm. if, something, if I'm wrong with that, so but I'm positive that's what happened, that uh, Strachan oh, was right, right away. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming back home, what the guys weren't, or oh, when, when they had Strachan, but I... I was, new knew he wouldn't, he wouldn't suffer so gladly I mean, he was an ankle-biter of a player He was a great player for Aberdeen and I think the older generation probably didn't like him Because he was such a good player for Aberdeen And he used to put us to the sword in their late When Ferguson was the manager And, you know, he went on, like I said earlier had a great career at Man United And then he won the, the Premier League And with Leeds in the his league, late You know, he was a phenomenal player. And he just, he worked wonders with the budget. His criteria was to get the big earners, the Hartsons, the Suttons, off the wage bill. And he'd done that. And one player he did bring in, we've all had some, the goals he scored, Nakamura. So we're forever, eternally grateful for him signing that. We seem to do okay with Japanese players. I don't know what it is, (laughs) but I remember the time when we signed Kyogo, I remember saying if could have it could be half the player that Nakamura was <laughs> but come for a winner and my God, <laughs> he's probably been a better sign than Nakamura. So, but
1: Pied, uh, Paid a lot of money uh, for Bruni as well at the time.
2: Yeah, it's 4.4 yep. million. Aye. You know, and Because it was either him or Thompson who were going to be coming in. Uh, well, Bruni obviously was the Rangers fan. They thought he was going to go there. and But yeah, Strachan Strachan was I thought it was fantastic for the club, you know, considering what he had to deal with finance-wise. I mean, you go got to mind, Martin O'Neill, yeah, for spot on Monty, I mean, he came in, Martin O'Neill, and what is Sutton, Lennon, and Hartson, £6 million each. Can you imagine if, if Ange had to go and sign three players, the out £6 million each. That's come back, 2003, 2002. Yeah. We're spending £6 million in players. I mean, even to today's standard, that's a lot of money for us. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. We backed the manager then, and Strachan, unfortunately, didn't get the backing that Neil got. But, by God, it worked wonders. And we should. every Celtic fan should be eternal grateful. I think with Celtic fans as well, we can be... I mean, I've just slagged Charlie Nicholas, so I'm just as bad. Mm-hmm. But when you see what Fergus McCann done for the club... And the, when he came to put the flag out, he got booed and things Aye. like that. If it wasn't for that man, we wouldn't have a club.
1: Yep.
2: And that's it, it, it does. Well me. You've got guys who are meant to be dying to be old. Charlie Nicholas. And at every opportunity, to put us down. Andy Walker. You know, I can't even believe in the centenary that I was jumping on and down like a daft to support this guy. I just can't. I, I can't be bothered with him anymore. Yeah, you've got Sutton, Hartson, Striking. Who stick up for us all the time. So they do. So you don't yeah. you don't need to be a Celtic you don't need to be a, a Celtic fan to be a Celtic great. And it's proved it with Steen, Douglas, Brown, McGrain, Callum McGregor, Greg Taylor. Mm. They're not Celtic minded,
0: but they've all been fantastic for the club. Mm. Yep. They they certainly have. And um yeah, long may that um those like you say, non-Celtic minded guys continue. Uh, to be greats um, in the green and white uh, and in the dugout um, as well. Um, in terms of the, the sort of Celtic content, boys, that sort of brings it to end. But we thought with the fact just that it's the international break, of course, big weekend tomorrow for the national team, Lally, um So I'm definitely coming straight to you for this one. Um, Scotland drawn in Group A of the Euro qualifiers alongside Cyprus, Georgia, Norway, and of course the mighty Spaniards, um, a very tough group. I actually think it's one of the, in terms of every pot, we've got the highest seeding team for every pot, so that's our rewards for winning the Nations League group, um, (laughs) a a real group of death. And, uh, you know, in terms of the entire team, you would argue Scotland, perhaps superior to Norway, but of course, uh, the Vikings, of course, have the human cheat code that is Erling Haaland. So um, (laughs) I do have a sneaky suspicion that it might all come down uh, that night again at Hamden against Norway in uh, yeah, uh, November. Game. But um it could be it could be quite a, a campaign this but we got off um first game tomorrow, <laughs> Hamden, two o'clock kickoff at home to the Cypriots. Uh on the news, um dropped today that Steve Clark, uh, the man who led us to our first major tournament in over 20 years, has signed a new contract to, to 2026. So what's your thoughts on that and what's your your sort thoughts of
1: for the game tomorrow, and of course for the the campaign as a whole. Yeah, it's all positive, isn't it? I mean, um, we've had we've been in the doldrums for however long, and and I mean, Steve clark has been the man at the helm, and and um, brought us back to the forefront, winning the nations like this nations league group, but whatever, whenever it gets drawn for next year, it's going to be three three of the biggest ranked teams in the world we're going to be playing against. I mean. It's magic to think that when you think back to when Bertie Vogts was in charge and we were Stevie Crawford and Kevin Kyle up front. Doesn't it be worth thinking about? Um...
0: Crowds of about seven 8,000 that happened? <laughs> yeah, you know, know. It's, it's bad know.
1: times. And then now it's just there's a bit of, buzz, bit of buzz about this again and I couldn't be more pleased that you signed a new deal. Really looking forward to the this campaign. Going to the game tomorrow. Um, we've got tickets for all the games this year so really looking forward to it. I'll hit the kilt on the wife's got the tartan trousers, and we're getting early train through a few beers, so a uh, wee day out looking forward to it, and uh, I can't see anything but a positive result, and hopefully we talked about how Strachan had his side, it's a hard working side, and um, there's no much technical brilliance in there, but they'll work hard and, and they'll get results, and that's exactly what Steve Clark's done for this side, and um, I'm hoping, very, very positive that um, this campaign's going to be another successful one, Um yeah, I'm really really looking forward to it. i seen Haaland's pulled out the team for uh, the Norway team for the, this this couple of games, so hopefully they drop points elsewhere <laughs> and give us a wee boost. But yeah, looking forward, um, hoping for a big win tomorrow, and then I uh, bring on the Spaniards on Tuesday. As Cal Max, yeah. It's Calmax is Calmax's 50th cap tomorrow as well, by the way. I seen Fantastic. Andy Robertson.
2: The, the rumor
1: is he's going to be captain tomorrow. I seen Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson's presser, and he, he was waxing lyrical about him and saying that, obviously, he came up through the youth team. He said he's known Cal Mack since he was seven-year-old, um, come up through the youth film and, and knows his family. He says, and it, it, honestly, you, if you get a chance, have a look at the the interview with Robertson because um, he's absolutely waxing lyrical about him. And I wouldn't be surprised, Jed, if he did, if he got given the captain's on pad. Robertson talks about how, as as the national team captain, it's great to have guys like Hamann because he's just, he's another leader in the dressing room and for me, he's arguably our best player, Scotland I mean, um, and and possibly Celtic, um, he's just absolutely fantastic and and Robertson talks about how he's uh, the perfect role model for kids nowadays as well and he, he is, he's no, you never see him in any media press, uh, with bad press, he's no on the social medias, uh, putting out pictures and um, we talked about him last week, where how Rangers were off. The Rangers players were mouthing off before the semi-final, and he was um, as humble as they come and said, "Listen, we do our talking in the park. We concentrate." Just an absolute brilliant role model. So hopefully he can he can um, cap it off with a goal for us tomorrow for Scotland and, and set us on our on our way for the rest of the campaign. Looking forward to it. It's
0: cer- certainly um, Here's hoping as I said, be as much as we enjoyed the sort of almost the, the home Euros uh, in 2020, obviously the world of 2021 even, the, the world was still getting back to some kind of normality the stadiums obviously weren't uh, full, um, certainly in the group stages, but it gave us a taste of what it was like, it would be, be absolutely brilliant to get to the, the tournament in Germany, I think the, everyone remembers the World Cup from there in 2006, it was a great tournament, hopefully uh, the Euros uh, next year will be something similar and hopefully Scotland will be there. I'm going along uh, like yourself while I'm going tomorrow, though it does although so it's going to be a far drier affair than uh, <laughs> it seems what you and Susan will be up to. I'm taking the car. Uh, me and the wee boy are at, um, at Hamden tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that as well. Fingers crossed for a, a good result. And what uh, about like yourself, Jed? Are you going to see the, the match tomorrow? Uh, what's your thoughts well. as well about Steve Clark's new deal and Scotland's chances of qualifying? Well, like Wally. I'll have a kilt on tomorrow, but for a different reason.
2: I'm going to a wedding, oh, so yeah. I won't. I won't see the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to kid on Scotland. I'm a Celtic man first and foremost, so I've never. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch Scotland if they're playing. I'm upset if they get beat. They take it to heart. No, I don't. If a Celtic get beat, I take it to heart. However, I do think um, he deserved his his new contract. Without a doubt, he's he's went in there. He worked wonders. I come like Marnock. He's he's went on and done. He worked great with with Scotland. He's he, he's more structure about him. He's got better organisation skills. And to be honest, what if you're going to go down the line of a Scotsman managing the national team? Who else is available?
1: Nothing.
2: Who would you have? David Moyes, Alex Neil. Point. I don't know. and you know, also so I think it it is. He has deserved his new, new contract and good luck like you say <laughs> when we're playing Norway I I just hope maybe Harlan gets locked in the toilet or something like that because that guy <laughs> is absolutely right, yeah. quality how, how do you stop him I, I, I don't know Who, whoever they going to be the centre-halves that game they're not going to sleep the night before
1: no.
2: because no. the guy is phenomenal yeah. So I think I, I personally think we've got a better chance of beating Spain
1: than beating Norway. what's <laughs> mm. mad That's as well. See that um see how come when got <laughs> like Wales Wales's superstar is Gareth Bale, unbelievable player, ping the ball in the top corner for anywhere. Norway's superstar um is probably the best striker in the world of football now. Why is our superstars always fucking a left back? <laughs> <laughs> how can it not be a world class forward that can just change a game in an instant hey, what's up uh, the sort of London
2: Dykes like
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't see him pinging one in for 40 yards to be fair <laughs> uh, but what I like about Clark as well, he's never seen when we are, like we beat Denmark who got to the semis of the Euros just, just before it, just six months mm-hmm. prior or whatever but he wasn't like, like he wasn't jumping about and you peel him off the ceiling and also when we've had bad defeats he's also not he's everything's always and i know people might see that as a a bad thing i quite like that he's always quite level-headed he's doesn't he doesn't go it doesn't get too high when it's high and doesn't get too low when it's low he knows and he understands even with this new deal he said his interview he said pleased to get the new deal i thank all the players and my staff and all the rest because they're the ones that got me here and he's like but i'm no daft like I know if results didn't go my way, I'm not on a job, so it doesn't really change anything for me. Mm. I know it's a long-term deal, but it doesn't really change much. Uh, I'm still just going into each game trying to win, and um, I, I just really like his mentality. And I mean, Scotland's in, is in a good of place as it's ever been since the '90s, anyway. I think so. Uh, well, I looking forward. But to... also
2: as well, well, we've got we've got a little bit of a fallback because we're in the playoff. If we don't do well, and yeah. then through the the Nations exactly. League, so look. Let's go. Hopefully, Hamden will be a bit of a rock in it boots. Right. We'll it's, it's all there. Yeah, so I mean against Cyprus, which is brilliant. And listen, you be, the forecast isn't good tomorrow, so that's why don't don't like the the wind and the rain. <laughs> uh, and I'll
0: be a three nil, and then roll on Spain. I would uh, certainly settle for that, Jed, uh, definitely. Here's hoping, even if it's in the rain, here's hoping the, the full house at Hamden is, uh, is boogging at the come and I uh, in the tomorrow Sorry? He's in the Celtic end,
2: hopefully.
0: Uh, I'm in, but me and Jed are sitting, it's slightly into the Celtic end, but it's in the south stand um, upstairs, uh, up in the, oh. the top deck. But yeah, if if, you, if it was a cup final, it would be just into the Celtic end. Eye. I have to, for, for my shame just with the fact it was the only tickets I could get I have sat in the Rangers end a few times and it's just not the same there's something <laughs> no right about it
1: all the best Joseph Um, hope everyone comes through and hope she's the um, key was yeah. going well
0: uh, God bless me All thinking, thinking yeah. uh, thinking of his fingers crossed
1: get a good result tomorrow
0: absolutely. Yeah. absolutely what about yourself Willie? where are you sitting
1: uh, I'm in the, I don't actually know to be honest with you. Sitting in the all you in. in the No, you say you bought the season
0: ticket. Are
1: you in the same seats for the five games? Oh, I, or you... I, but the seats when I go to like a part of the supporters club, so but when I I totally forgot about going and booking the ticket, so when I got in, the seats weren't the the, the seats weren't the great, but they are my seats for the for this season anyway. So I hate to get in quicker next time. But I'm more, I'm more at one of the corner flags, but I can't remember which one it is.
0: No, I deal, well, the seats, but I'll be half cut anyway. So. <laughs> aye, that's it. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I hope you and Susan have a great day and hopefully Thanks, uh, the results uh, a good one. And uh, that is it for us tonight, guys. Uh, Jed, it's so been absolutely brilliant having you back on uh, again. Aye, we always uh, love to have you on. Uh, have you enjoyed it yourself?
2: Yeah, I have. I have. And just thought about the pub. Just uh, last week, before the game, I, I went to my. My oldest daughter dropped me and my youngest daughter off and in for a drink before the game To the Real McCoy And oh. there was a crowd of Germans over for the game So they oh, were really? uh, and Talking to them and It was brilliant to think, here's guys Making a weekend, wanted to come over and watch Celtic <laughs> They got a contact, a boy came in at the pub From Scotland with the tickets and that for them Guys were, I mean they have been to the Superstore and kitted themselves all out <laughs> In the gear So they must have spent a few pounds So I thought, well done to them Absolutely fantastic.
0: See, well, we're, we're we're the worldwide appeal, appeal of the old Glasgow yes, Celtic. Yes. Yeah. Uh what about yourself, Wally? Could be preparation oh, for
1: tomorrow. Brilliant. I love I love being on my jed. It's I'm I'm really pleased that he comes on every so often because he's great chat, his knowledge is brilliant, especially um especially this. I can barely remember yesterday, never mind. What 13 14 years ago, so I am. Um, I Jed held it all together today, appreciate it. I'm Just going don't ask again.
2: for a golf podcast, will <laughs> <laughs> What's <about> that, so?
0: <laughs> You know more me. <laughs> ah, well, thanks again, folks. And uh, we'll be back on Monday night. I dare say the boys will be reviewing uh, the Scotland game from Saturday, looking ahead to the game against um, Spain as well. And of course, plenty Celtic content as well. And uh, but until then. Have a great weekend. Good luck to Scotland tomorrow. Stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail. Cheers.